0: The marketplace of ideas is open. It is great to have you along. Welcome to the Greg Belford Show. Oh, apologies, I'm tired. I don't know why I'm so tired this week. It's that uh, it happens, you know. Uh, by the end of the week, I, I don't get enough sleep over the course of the week, and I really bank up on my sleep over the weekend. And so then you start another week, and you're kind of refreshed and ready to go. And so, oftentimes by Friday, you know, some weeks are worse than others. This is one of those weeks. I just, oh, I just feel gassed. So please keep that in mind, because then when I start feeling that way, when I'm when uh, when I get tired, uh, I I get uh, I don't react in the same way that I otherwise would. So please, please. Bear with me this morning. I just am feeling like I'm absolutely gassed. But it's great to have you along. We'll still do what we always do here, which is cover the big stories of the day. And the uh, the top story is uh, Donald Trump yesterday then. Losing his bid to postpone the New York court ruling. This is the one. Requiring him to pay up three hundred fifty-five million dollars, banning him from doing business in the state of New York uh, for three years, and uh, Trump making the uh, you know a plea yesterday to uh, asking the judge to delay his judgment from last week, and uh, the judge refused to do so. And this is uh, Judge Engeron. And he said, you failed to explain, much less justify, any basis for a stay. And he said, I'm confident that the appellate division will protect your appellate rights. Well, at least uh, he's uh, concerned about rights being protected. You know, he believes that rights will be protected. I, I don't know if that's what I'm seeing elsewhere all across the you know, I talked about this in the final minutes yesterday. It's not just Donald Trump, you know, that's, we, we are seeing, you know, laws that are, you know, not being enforced when crimes occur against, you know, people on the right. Um, we're just increasingly seeing the fairness being taken out of our justice system, and it's uh, it's really unfortunate. So this has been a big story throughout the week, but the um, this affects not only Trump, because remember now, in this case, his oldest sons, Eric and Donald Trump Jr., also, Uh, part of this. So they will have 30 days to, all all of them have 30 days to file an appeal, and Trump has said that he would do that. So he's planning to appeal, but as it stands right now, he he will need to turn over $355 million plus 9% interest and Letitia James has said, and I shared this with you earlier this week, that if Trump doesn't come up with the cash, then she's ready to seize his assets. Oh, I have no doubt of that. I have no doubt of that. They cannot wait to get their hands on They want to destroy him. Also, the, you know, CPAC is underway, the Conservative Political Action Conference got underway yesterday. And uh, there are a number of stories then trending from uh, from CPAC. But this one really caught my attention. This is Representative Mark Green of Tennessee. He's the chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee. And he said at CPAC, um, you know, one of the things that you and I discuss a lot here is the border and what's happening at America's border, not only at the southern border, but now what we're seeing at the northern border, the complete crumbling of law that we have seen, no enforcement, and the effect that it's having. And so Representative Mark Green said, this was at CPAC, he said, We've had mass waves of Chinese terrorists storming military installations with camera, uh, with cameras, and he said, "So look, it's it's a desperate threat." He said, "I think every American should be scared to death." I'm like, "Well, I am, honestly, I am." He said, "Not only is it the terrorist threat." We've had almost 400 in this presidency, now he's saying suspected terrorists, uh, 400 in this presidency where there were 11 last time, but it's the 24,000 Chinese nationals who came in last year, 20,000 since October 1st, the highest year, that was, he said before, that was 1,800. So where we had been seeing numbers, again, as he says, in the, you know, less than 2,000, now we're seeing in excess of 24,000 Chinese nationals who are coming in to the United States. And you have to wonder, and certainly I do, what are they doing here? What what are they doing? It why are why are they coming in through the border? Why are they coming in illegally? Why I, again? I'm very welcoming of people who want to come into the country in order to embrace the country for its freedom, and what it is. But when you have those kinds of numbers who are coming in illegally, and then the Biden administration just turning them loose uh, throughout the country, and you know I've already shared admitting that, yeah, well, we don't track them. You know, they, they come in, but we, we don't track them. We don't know where they are. We don't know what they're doing. And so the threat of these Chinese nationalists is concerning to many. So Green went on uh, talking about this at length. He said, you know, I'm not suggesting that China is going to be attacking the United States. But if we defend Taiwan, I can't imagine there aren't people in there who are going to be tracking our our railheads and looking at our ports and who knows what else. We've had mass waves of Chinese terrorists storming military installations with cameras. So look, it's a desperate threat, he said. And then this brings us back to the conversation about fentanyl. We've talked about that at length. And then he said, and then the fentanyl. You know, he said, and then he uh, pointed to the case of that little baby crawling around the uh, floor in Florida died because the previous tenant had left fentanyl. He said, there isn't an American who is safe right now because of this open border and the failure of the secretary, he said. Also, Senator Ron Johnson said this invasion of fentanyl into this country is a Chinese communist plot to poison Americans. And I'm sure there will be those who use the word plot. Oh, you know, they'll be laughing and mocking But he said military-age men from China and all over the world are flooding into America through the Democrats' open border, he said last week. It's a clear and present danger that Biden has the authority to address but chooses not to. Speaking of that, Speaker Mike Johnson said the same thing yesterday, and he excoriated uh, the president for brazenly misleading the public about his authority to address the border crisis. He released a statement yesterday, and this was a reaction then to the president and the story we talked about, and I don't believe it for a moment, but the report that the president is considering executive action then in order to address the issue of the border. He's considering it, as I said yesterday. Considering and doing it are not the same thing. I don't think he would ever do it. No, not at all. This this is actually, everything's going, uh, I think, according to his plan. So Johnson is saying much of what I was saying here the, uh, earlier this week. Johnson said of the president's comments, now in an election year, After the president has surrendered the border to cartels and smugglers, the president suddenly seems interested in trying to make a change using the legal authority that he claimed until recently didn't exist. Yeah, see, the Democrats think you don't have no memory. Seriously, they think you have no memory. You're not going to remember that he was claiming, no, he didn't have the authority, didn't have the authority, and now he's out there, well, he's considering uh, using the authority. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You said previously we don't have it. <laughs> so the president, of course, been pleading with lawmakers, give me the power, and I've told you what a sham that is. And so Johnson said these claims that the president, they're just not true, simply not true, he said. And he reminded Americans of that yesterday. He said these reports underscore just how brazenly and intentionally President Biden misled the public when he claimed he had done everything in his power to secure the border. Just not true. He said... um, the president, um, ref, uh, um, this is where it start. You start getting into legislation and portions of the act, um, the Immigration and Nationality Act. So he said if the, these reports are true, that the president wants to invoke this, And the president intends to take action. He can show he's serious by changing more than asylum policy. He should begin by reinstituting the remain in Mexico policy and ending his administration's abuse of the parole system. Yeah. Don't hold your breath. Don't expect to see it. This is a story from the New York Post. You remember Catherine Herridge. I think those of you who... Maybe follow Fox News fairly closely, even Fox News Channel, not just Fox News Radio. But Catherine Herridge was a White House reporter. And remember, she made a move to CBS. Been at CBS now for a while, and she was among those who was recently fired last week. Catherine Herridge now out of a job. And, uh, and I shared that with you last week, that she was among those fired because that story was trending and was really making news. And and she's a name that many of us would recognize, Catherine Herridge. Well, now the New York Post is saying that when she was fired at CB, uh, at CBS, now again, she was pursuing the Hunter Biden laptop story. You remember that? She was among those who was really pursuing the Hunter Biden laptop story. But when she was fired from CBS, she was not allowed to take any of her personal, her personal materials along with her. So as a reporter, you can imagine she's gathering all kinds of materials. She's got all this stuff, files, so on. She was allowed to take none of that. And the, the New York Post has that story this morning that people are saying uh, one source who's close to the situation told the Post, it's so extraordinary because her coworkers were stunned by her firing and uh, even more so by the network's decision then to hold on to her personal materials along with her work laptop. Where she may have then a bunch of confidential information and so on, and so the this source says that, and I want to go back just a bit. Among the material that CBS apparently holding was material that Catherine Herridge gathered during her time at Fox. So they're not even technically CBS News materials. Um, so the network boxed up all her personal belongings except for Harridge's notes and files and then told her they'd decide uh, what, if anything, would be returned to her. And so, a second source close to uh, CBS said they never seize documents when you're let go. What they want to see, they want to see what damaging documents she has. So now CBS is trying to put uh, uh, trying to put out the flames on this. They're saying no, 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 no. We, uh, a representative for CBS said we have respected her request to not go through the files. And out of our concern for confidential sources, the office she occupied has remained secure since her departure. We are prepared to pack out the rest of her files immediately on her behalf with her representative present as she requested. So, pretty... Um, This is a pretty compelling story because there are those who worry that what CBS is doing could have an impact on Herridge's First Amendment case. Uh, She's uh, under fire for not complying with a uh, court order to reveal how she learned about a federal probe into a Chinese-American scientist. Um, And so those documents may contain privileged conversations that she had with her lawyers and so on. So CBS made the decision to hold on to that, did not allow her to take it and now say, oh no we, we will we, it's secure and we will go through and we will allow her to be present as we go through all these materials. That's uh, it's a pretty intriguing story. So there's more on that at the New York Post this morning. Also, the White House National Security spokesperson, John Kirby, the AT&T outage that occurred yesterday, uh, pretty widespread. And uh, Kirby told reporters yesterday the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security are looking into the outage and that the FCC had been in touch with AT&T. AT&T now has said about three-quarters of its network had been restored after that cell phone outage yesterday, disrupted calls and text messages. So this also affected uh, some other services because AT&T then leases out towers and so on in various areas or allows then some of the other cell phone providers to have access and use of their towers. And so you had a number of people who were affected by this yesterday. I think it was users of Verizon, T-Mobile, U.S. Cellular also saw disruptions yesterday as a result of that. So the FBI and Homeland Security are looking into it. Did you hear this interview on Fox News Rundown prior to this show? There is a request. This is coming from Brockton High School in Massachusetts that things have gotten so out of hand at this school, they want to bring in the National Guard. They want the National Guard to come into the school. And I listened to that, and it's like, wow, absolutely incredible what's what's happening. The story has been in the news for days that this, uh, this school has, again, they've requested bring in the uh, National Guard. And this is kind of interesting because you've got that story out there. Meanwhile, in Chicago... The Chicago Board of Education has said, uh, and they voted unanimously on this yesterday, they're going to terminate their school resource officer program as of next year. No more school resource officers in Chicago schools. So you've got, in Massachusetts, schools that are saying things are so out of hand that we Please bring in the National Guard, whereas in other schools, they're saying, yeah, well, let's get rid of the school resource officers. It's, it's just another day in Bizarro World, my friend.